You are listening to TV on the Throne, a Game of Thrones podcast brought to you by TVAmyDinner.com. Three questions you get. You unlike the answers. I've been promised to the prince. When will we marry? You'll never wed the prince. You'll wed the king. But I will be queen. Oh, yes. You will be queen. For a time. And comes another. Younger. More beautiful. To cast you down and take all you hold dear. Will the king and I have children? No. The king will have 20 children. And you will have three. That doesn't make sense. Gold will be their crowns. Turning with Andrew. We're Stop. TV. <laughs> TV. <laughs> exactly. How long? Been waiting the, a whole year to hear the, it again. The return of the weekly show. We've done like three episodes this year. And now we got to go straight into a weekly sideshow. <laughs> we're not ready. To actually, have a schedule. <laughs> yeah, we're not ready for this. It's like this, this is our vacation year. It's I like think. the movies where they find the hero and he's all fat. They have like you know, these montage sequences where they make him jog or stop drinking or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stop eating those donuts. I know. That's two days to retirement. It's true though, because we had a big schedule. Because we also, you know, on the TV at my dinner, we have like oh, we got Avengers and Star Wars. This is gonna be a big year. We oh, I know. And we've already said we need to do a Daredevil show. That's a that is a done yeah. deal. Gotta get yeah, the, the rest of them. <laughs> We've been so excited that Game of Thrones came out, but honestly, Daredevil came out the same weekend, and I like that's totally eclipsed it. <laughs> My like just excitement about a television program. I'm glad new TV shows could do that because I do enjoy Game of Thrones, and it's fun that it's an event. But but yeah, we're kind of we're kind of used to Game of Thrones. It's fun that there's a new thing that came out. That's like, and this is the next awesome show because like you're now you're like, yeah. Walking Dead's not on Hulu, but I may drop cable anyway, because, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that's where, good lord, we have to come up with new event programs, because cause you get tired of these old shows, not necessarily because they get bad, but, but and, and we'll get into this, but it's like, this episode of Game of Thrones really didn't bring a whole lot to the story. Yeah, it's just... That's what all most of the first ones are. Every, but you've, it's like, you always get frustrated, like, no, there's only nine episodes left, and you, you wasted one. Well, because even I had that experience watching this one. I was like, okay, cool. It's great. I'm excited. But it's like, you know, nothing. And it, it kind of ended cool and it had neat endings and mm-hmm. had stuff that imply implications coming later. But 
I just, as I was watching this, I couldn't wait for like the fourth episode when stuff <laughs> starts happening. But last year, remember last year in the second episode, Joffrey died. So next well, episode we'll could be. We'll see. I'm not getting jazzed about people dying either. It's like, I'm just curious to see how they're going to handle because they're so close to being off book at this point because of the way they've had to pace the show. I think they already are. Off, I think they already are off book in a few ways from the, on this episode. I think we're going to get to a point this season where the show will overtake the books and it's going to be anybody's guess from then on. I think after this well, season we could probably read all the books we wanted to. Well, they already said that, that some of the stuff, like even like Bran's storyline, where we left him last year, is like the end of his run in the books. I mean, as far as they've gotten so far. So whatever happens after with him, we see him, it'll be off book. Well, George R. R. Martin said there were things that were going to surprise book readers. It's like we are now to book spoilers on the show, which is that I've waited for this since we started watching this show. Just because the book actually, readers are so smug. And you've actually caught up with the books now, haven't you? You're, you've read I, all three. You've listened to all three books, To right? three, yeah. Through three, I, I did. I did the so audio you, I did. I haven't listened to the third book, so you might know something that I don't know, so you can't spoil me. I, I won't, but this slightly. There's only a couple of things that happened in book three that, that did, they didn't cover, so we'll see. And from what I'm hearing, some of it may not even be in the, the show at all. So who even knows? Oh, you never know. There's even I don't mean to jump ahead to the very end of this episode, but we're talking about this. This is more contextual. Like differences between the book and the show. Apparently, in the book, some point Mance does die, like the same way, or no, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't die. He dies some other way. But what happens in this scene is that they they sentence him to be burned to death. Mm-hmm. And apparently, some other character, some captain that they've had earlier on in the season, but like one of his um, people, like uh, Melisandre, does some kind of weird glamour to him like some spell where he looks like Mance and it's this big weird <laughs> subplot and then they kill that guy and then that guy and then Mance looks like that other guy now and then Mance trains Jon Snow for a period of time oh. they have this kind of nice father son relationship and then well and then I guess he dies you, or something else like they just totally I don't know <laughs> you might be you might be spoiling who knows now maybe we should I don't have said think that. they did that maybe that's I what happened think, I don't think so because I mean it was him we don't want to get mean, letters was, Andrew you know, okay. you know what happened with the Walking Dead thing. <laughs> I don't think that's a spoiler We've, because well, I doubt We they, haven't done it. We, we don't know enough. Like, I gave away a spoiler last year by accident because I was I was like, these guys have really good guesses. Like, they've read the book, Sean. Yeah. I'm like, they got yeah, inside what, yeah. info. Like, oh, I should. that's right, of course. Yeah, what was that about? What was the that? whole was who Oberyn. killed Joffrey thing. And they're like, if you see the handoff here, like, wow, they they really got it figured out. It's like, because they knew what to look for, because they knew what happened. But they did pay that off, right? Didn't they, last year? Oh, yeah, or it they happened. They never did. Yeah, know? no, it, okay. it, they, they, it's all done now. It's not a spoiler now. but And, in fact, they gave it away pretty quickly afterwards because I felt like a jackass. I was like, oh, I hope that's not a big deal because we kind of It was of like the next that. episode. Yeah, it was and the they were like, episode. no, I did it. Like, oh, God, thanks. It felt bad. I was like, oh, thank you. Here's God. the entire and plan. And spoiler. And I only, I only get my spoilers because I listen to a, one other podcast, Cast of Kings. And one of the and they and they they're pretty careful because one person that show has never read the books and he's very spoiler averse and the other the woman on there, um, Joanna Robinson she's a writer for Vanity Fair she's read all the books and she only kind of says stuff that's not spoilerly like she always does the book comparison like well this happened like this in the book so so that's where I give him my information I'm not reading wikis or 
Well, we had Lynn on the show, and she was reading wikis every week. And yeah. Well, she <laughs> loves spoilers. spoilers. She's she's the opposite. She she can't stand not to know. She actually enjoys the show better from the perspective of already knowing what's going to happen. I I appreciate that, but I'm, that's not me. I I like being surprised. Yeah, but it's well done. I and this show, we always said this show's so well done. I'd rather go read the book later. And that is that the experience you had reading all the books in this off time. Yeah. Well, I I only finished up three i'd already gotten through books one and two so okay so i, yeah. I enjoyed th- i enjoyed three and, and even even the little things that hadn't happened yet i didn't feel spoiled yet because i was like man it wasn't that doesn't matter that much right but and i and Maybe i said i don't care what happens in the show this year and i don't care what people say after this season's over i'm going through book four and i'm pretty sure that after this season's over anything will be fair game yeah, books four and five might be fair game after this season. I think I don't want to spoil like Arya's training stuff yet. Well, for, I want to see that. Well, we're gonna see that this year, I think. That's what I mean. I think we're gonna start seeing that next episode from the next time on. So, so we're gonna be way ahead because from what I hear, like book four doesn't really bring much to the table. So we're already into book five. So by the end of this season, you could probably just go through any of the books you want. And I heard a rumor that he's going to have a draft by the summer of book six. I guess that means it's not going to come out to like next show, <laughs> next season six. <laughs> Whatever, show, man. Right? It's like you've been working on that book since this show started. This show has gone through like every book you have. And I've heard that season from the fans, though, that I mean, because a lot of people aren't book purists because they say that the fourth and fifth books are like. It's almost like the Dark Tower series, you know, you get later on in those middle sections. It's like, well, you need an editor because you're just writing these huge things. Well, just... that's what everyone says about book four. It just sounds like just buckle in because it's going to be boring. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's good with listening on audio. You can just. Like, yeah, it's, it's in the car. It. Yeah, I can't. I'm just I just can't sit down and read a thousand page book. I will get bored, but I can listen to anything in the car. I'm listening to a Magica right now and it's OK, but I know I wouldn't read this book by itself because i love clive barker all this yeah all those ooh, fantasy books there's that that there's that brandon sanderson who's a writer like fantasy writer he has some cool books and i read that that name of the wind that patrick rothrust but they're so much more fun to listen to because they feel like long kind of adventure like movies or you know radio dramas it makes it feel like a sort of serial yeah because a thousand page feels like you're never going to finish that book but when you're when you're listening to it when it's a performance you're like it feels like it's broken up kind of like a series you're like listening and they're long as hell too because they're like usually all those fantasy books they're that long they're like 40 hours and whereas yeah exactly 15 hours it's like I can drive home so, eight times on this same book. Yeah, they're fun to dive into. Especially, I always I already talked about the Star Wars one. I'm almost done with that last Thrawn book. I kind of stalled out on it. Oh, but, good. We we should we should cu- try to cover that. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to send you a draft soon. I'm almost done with that book that I'm working on. I may need some feedback. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of. I haven't told you about. It. I've done a lot of inadvertent TV in my dinner homework. I haven't watched the whatever Star Blazers yet. But last weekend, because I was excited, and I'm going to go see the other one this weekend, I had work to do, like, from the office at the house. So I sat there with the TV, and I had, like, a Fast and Furious marathon. <laughs> oh, I need to catch up there, I watched. I haven't even done that. I've watched all six of them now. Oh, my now God. Now we have seventh. to go to the theater to watch <laughs> Furious 7. And I this has nothing to do with Game of Thrones, but it's very canonical. Like, I had no idea how complicated it was either, because on I know. Polygon, there's, That's why I find it have a interesting. whole timeline. As a, as a whole, canon, as a, as a franchise, I think it's fascinating. we we got to get they to have, it. Yeah, our our Game timeline. of Thrones listeners are like, what the hell what are, are they talking, talking about? about? Fast and the Furious <laughs> well, is pretty amazing. 
It's just as political. It's just as yeah, and it just gets as better literary. towards the end. <laughs> yeah, really. It's seven parts the same way, you know, seven books. Yeah, there's a part where it's like it has a couple of chapters that really don't matter. But it's opposite from big game surprises. It was Fast and Furious. It's like the first couple chapters don't matter, and then it becomes interesting. But I love them. I, I fell in love with those movies. I love them. So I'm excited. We need to do. We, we got to watch them soon. I'm I'm gonna see that this weekend. And you gotta watch the Trial yeah, of the Incredible Hulk before we do our Daredevil show. For comparison, have a new TV of Hell's Kitchen. That's our new <laughs> podcast about Daredevil. Exactly. TV in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a, some cooking show. Devil cast. <laughs> Devil cast. Yeah, I'm in love with that show. Uh, well, it's that'll new. be fun. That, uh, that'll be a good one to talk about. And that's why I think it's funny if you watch that Incredible Hope movie. That's like the only time that they ever tried to get Daredevil in something. Oh, really? So that was like a backdoor pilot back in the 80s. So I haven't seen it since it was on the TV, but it, it should be fun. See, this is yeah, this is how far we've come. Here. All right. Okay, so I guess we All should right. do the rundown. <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes into the Game of Thrones podcast. All right, good. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> we've been talking in general about it, but we haven't. I th- the opening was kind of neat where, where it had that sort of flashback of the of young Cersei and the witch. Yeah, that's the first time they've done a flashback ever in the show, because they've never they've always because the show kind of revels in people telling stories <laughs> of the past, and this is the first time. But I immediately that actress, I mean, I guess her hair is the you same. You see that little girl, but, and you're like, that's Cersei. Yeah, that's Cersei, because she just says, man, she's so she mean. Kind of, yeah, it's like, oh, that's Cersei so much. Good Lord, child pageant winner here. But I like oh. that scene. I think that's interesting. Well, I really liked that line where she said, "You know, your children will be crowned in gold, and 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 gold will gold be their shrouds." So it's like, yeah. so the, the 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 ominous suggestion is that all of her children will die young. That all the last two, yeah. Because yeah, because she's already lost children, but you know she's got two more, and you worry about because oh man, and they went out of their way to show us the last time on had her daughter in it to let us know. That something bad's gonna happen well, to her yeah. and Dorn, and you feel bad now because the other two are actually nice. Like Tommen's pretty cool, and the other, what's her name, Marcella or Marcella? Marcella. Or like that. Well, and that well, that's sort of like a a, a very, a, a sort of sharp retribution. It's like this is karma, like sins of the parents coming back. It's like the things that you have done, you know, out of hatred, are going to come back to your kids. It's so yeah. It's so 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 dumb. Like they tease that in the next episode, and we all know that's coming. It's like, why would you just straight up murder the person, <laughs> like this the crown? I mean, one of the the second in line prince, but one of like the favorites from a country where your daughter is being because almost held captive. She's so <laughs> blind in her hatred for Tyrion. Because even in the next scene when they're, they're standing there with 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 Tyrion's bot with Tywin's body, she's like, you know who's to blame for all this? It's like he's the object of everything that's wrong in her universe to the point where she's just ridiculous i mean even jamie's like are you serious do you do you see what's going on here like he's he's such a non-issue it's like you need to find him and destroy him like just calm down like what more can we do we've stripped him of all title and privilege we shipped him off in a box what's he gonna do yeah he's she she has a terrible hatred of him and one of one of the things i thought was weird about thinking about this scene because we talked about this before, but like in season one when um, Bran gets hurt, and remember she goes and tells, oh, God, I'm so bad on names now. I'm not getting back into Thro- Game of Thrones. Um, 
Queen Stark. What's her name? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Lady Stark. Lady Stark. Uh, <laughs> well, Catelyn. Catelyn. Catelyn Stark. It's been she, a while. She, t- she tells that story about how they had a kid, you know, with Robert, and he died. It was like a black-haired baby, and it died. Mm-hmm. And apparently, that's not that. That wasn't in the book. You know that because we read the book. That wasn't in the book. And so it was an interesting, like, oh, cool. It's like a little bit of just makes her more human. But in light of this, because the lady said, you know, you'll have three children, and I guess the prophecy is supposed to be correct. Well, the, so it's like, was she just lying in that scene? Because that's a I cool possibility. Was, she was I, just, always, there was always a sort of inference that you drew from that scene that you were like, did she kill that baby? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. The, that yeah. story is sad, but at the same time, it sounds an awful lot. <laughs> like, did you kill that baby? I just love the idea that it brings that whole idea into question because you said you will have three children and you're like, well, you had four, right? <laughs> you know, so I, I, yeah, either she killed it or she just made that story up just to be weird. Yeah, which is the <laughs> nicer way kind of cool. because yeah, because yeah, the witch was like, you will have no children together, right? Basically, so so yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they killed, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna say. I mean, well, I don't know if it's the show just running into baby, weird. So. Yeah, I don't yeah know or the is the show, show quoting the book one. without remembering that they altered the continuity? Right, and they're like, uh, whatever, just keep going. Who <laughs> it cares? <doesn't> matter. <laughs> Who doesn't cares matter? This, this isn't Breaking Bad. We don't need to tie up all these things. <laughs> yeah, really, we'll work that all out. Oh man! So then we go to Tyrion and Pentos, which is sad. Like. I, par- I guess we're going to get through Tyrion feeling sorry for himself a lot cl- sooner than apparently they do in the books. But but this, this whole episode... Because the pairing you want to see is, you know, the half-man and the spider. Like, that, they're a fun couple. Well, they're the two... They're the smartest people in this whole story. I mean, outside of Oberyn who died, but they're the people you're like, oh, cool. These are the guys who know what's happening. And they're sort you of know. like the bizarre moral center of the story. Like, you wouldn't have thought that, but they're right. the ones that are like, that actually sort of give a damn what happens. Yeah, and that's the thing. And and, and, and it's weird because even like Varys' plan now isn't, or he didn't go into that now, but it's like the idea that I guess he didn't even plan to send him from last season. He, you know, we always talked about like he, <laughs> he was just going to send him along and then he realized he had gone too far. But something in him, even he kind of mentioned this time, he, he wouldn't have taken that risk if he didn't want, you know, believe in yeah, actually if had he that didn't compassion think... to get him out of there, to risk all that. And also thought there was something to be gained. Like he thinks that Tyrion is good for the land, you know, and that's, that's his main goal. I mean, Obviously, you know he has respect for Tyrion. He likes Tyrion, but but he still thinks there's an end game here that Tyrion can be a part of. And all that Tyrion, yeah, he's, he's well. Tyrion just thinks the future is shit, just like the past. <laughs> it's like, oh wow. It's <laughs> <So laughs> my favorite scene. He gets out of that and he drinks and he throws up. <laughs> and then he drinks some more. Like, You're hardcore, little man. He's like, I drank my way to this. Can I drink my way to Marine? <laughs> but that's. But that's cr- I mean, yeah, because because Varys is the only one acting out of, outside of his own self interest, right? Yeah, he, he basically doesn't have any self interest. Like even when the we he does these weird things, he's always motivated by thinking he's doing what's best for the realm. Because he has money and he has other things, he doesn't care at that point about. I mean, yeah, they can just, just sail off to Pentos and have a villa. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> like uh, this guy I know just lets us stay in this amazing estate. It's like, why do you ever go to King's Landing? This is awesome. 
We'll just stay here and drink and dress like a little Jesus. Like the weirdest costuming choices. Oh, yeah. Like, what is this weird <laughs> outfit that you, you've got him dressed up in? Because it's like he can't be in disguise. Anyone that would know about Tyrion Lannister would recognize him. Growing a beard to disguise himself is pointless. Yeah. He's like the only half man we've seen on the show. Ever, yeah. So I don't know in that he's, world at all. He's like the only dwarf in Westeros. But I, yeah, I'm that storyline because those scenes basically are the same scene. They're just a continuation. There's only two scenes within this episode. Yeah, well, but, they always book in because they just want to stretch it out. But it is the scene where he's revealing what his strategy is, is basically. And man, and that I can't, I couldn't be more excited about this plot line. Because, oh yeah, this is what we want to see. Because I mean, because also I mean, honestly, Daenerys has so much potential, but her her plot lines are so boring. She is doing she's nothing. Kind of. If, if, she's always just one note, and if she's still Tyrion the same showed one up in her in world. It would, it would, re- yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sad about the dragons. It's like, well, it's your fault. Like, apparently, you haven't gone to visit them at all since you locked them in this hole. No wonder they're pissed. Yeah, they're and I've heard wild. the point that like nobody, we always didn't like checking back in Daenerys because it seemed so far away and stuff. But now it's like all the interesting characters are moving over there to the east because Arya's moving, you know, to Bravos, and now oh he's, yeah, King's so now, Landing like, is emptying out. Yeah, so like the main action besides Jon Snow is all right there, you know, on the eastern shores or whatever, you know. So that I, it's gonna, it, it'll be interesting to see the reaction and all the craziness going to go on. But you know, they're going to win her over too. It has to happen, or that's, he's going to win over that dragon or something. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know wouldn't what. that be awesome? But that's what you need because, like, she has no story at this point. No one cares what's going on in Marine. These like. Like, I don't care that the Unsullied have latent sexual ideas, even though they don't have genitalia. I don't know why yeah, we, we keep, keep dwelling on this. Well, Jiqui is really interested in getting with it. Like, give it up. He doesn't have the equipment for it. Like, yes, you really want him. And I was like, could you do this in a more discreet way instead of, like, interrupting him in front of all his friends? It's like, clear the room. I need to ask him this question to ask why him. he would go to a brothel. Completely irrelevant things. It's like, I'm investigating a murder. Like, why would he yeah. even do that? I mean, just as a person, you know? I'm just asking. I mean, isn't that weird? It's I mean, crazy, right? <laughs> That's just weird. I don't even know. But Jesus. <laughs> you're... <laughs> You're a good because, girl. Come on. Because uh, yeah. we we've had that whole storyline and even with Daenerys this time, it's like they like that guy is trying all he can to push her. He's like, they just want to have a freaking fighting pits. It doesn't hurt anybody and they just want to do it and they're volunteering to fight in it. They need people need recreation. She's like, No, that will not happen. And I was like, ah like that's the mm-hmm. sign of her downfall if she kind of keeps like people still have to she can't just decide because even they said in this one, she's like a democracy, she's like do they say democracy or they say whatever? And then she says, I'm a queen. I'm not a whatever. So it's like, all right. Well, make that's, up your mind. The, yeah, because yeah, you're trying to the free them from before. tyranny. Yeah. But now you're deciding what they can do in their leisure time. It shows yeah. <laughs> well where she's sort of childlike and, and naive about a lot of stuff because she's like – she thinks that oh well they don't understand enough about the kind of rights they should have so I'll just impose what I think is right on them since they don't know what it's like to be free. And I guess that play is better in the books, you know, because I mean the show that actress is like twenty five or something, so she feels like she she looks young, but she feels like she's you know older. Whereas in the books, well, and she's still like supposed to be about she's probably like fifteen or something, yeah. Yeah, so you're like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Everyone you're making these decisions. Based Everyone's on disturbingly what you think. young in the books. Yeah, 
And her handmaid in the books is like 12 or something. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's like a Disney movie over there. Well, you got to work <laughs> in other. some skin. Like, they just, uh, there's going to be a brothel, and there's going to be a brothel scene where a prostitute gets completely naked for a second at least. Well, you got to have sex position. They had sex position in this episode with Loris and his friend. Yeah, yeah, a little something for everyone, I guess. Yeah. This was this was this yeah, they had they had some boobage action at the beginning, you know, or whatever that part, but this is one of the articles said this was a big night for butts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, there were a lot of butts, a lot of man butts. Yeah. They're if like, you're like if you're out to see some man ass, this is this is your night. <laughs> they're bringing they're gonna go like, you know, round off the criticism at the past. Like, no, we're gonna hit you with man butt all the time. Although they still hold back on the full male nudity. I'm not complaining, but we were talking about the double standard. Well, they'll never do that. They he, don't do that. I mean, because he swings around and it's like Austin Powers when he's like pouring the wine or something everywhere. Oh, yeah, he I was like something I was obstructing. Like, I watched it because you watch it the first time. I wasn't even noticing. You're like, hey, he's naked. And but the second time, you're you're watching and you're going, you're going like, uh. <laughs> I watch. It's like a perfect move of the camera. It's horrible. And how he the, moves, it's like this is amazing. How they the choreograph blocking this. Is, is so <laughs> precise. It's like, guys, you know, I'm not saying that I want to see that, but. But it's obvious that you're going out of your way to show the one and hide the other. Because that, that lady got full frontal nude for no reason in the story. And then you have this guy kind of wandering around because they just had sex. And like, arguably, better reason, I guess. But but you're deliberately shying away. What's, I mean... Well, I think, is that like a ratings thing? It has to be like... But it's HBO. It be, Who cares? Well, but it's still beyond just being MA or whatever. It'd have to be like... HBO what should... Is, Oh yeah, what do they call that? Graphic nudity means wang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that but, what they do? I guess what is that with the movies? When I guess they would say nudity? and graphic nudity because there's movies with graphic with wang and they're not NC seventeen, right? I mean, is that like a weird double standard or? It is though because it because you the easiest way to push towards an NC seventeen is to have male nudity. It's bizarre what a taboo that is like like we were saying it always bothers me that if you see male nudity in a movie it's usually to be funny like a joke right like why is and the thing about it i don't i don't want to see it but i'm just saying i i think we should we deserve a little more respect and the weird thing is too that it's like um you know when they don't do it on a on the woman's side like even with daenerys in this episode amelia clark's her name you know how she said she's not your name and you obviously Mm -hmm. she's pulled up her things yeah she's all covered up but you feel that's from a position of like, well, I feel uncomfortable doing this, you know, with a dude. And when they're in that, they have like a sock over their wang. And it's like, it's like with a guy, it's not about like just exposing your wang. It's almost like exposing, like, I guess they feel like they can already see all of it. They can see how big it is or whatever it is. So it's like you're at that point, they don't care. It's like I can just be naked. It doesn't matter to me. Just you know? Yeah, this is weirder. <laughs> It's, it's all you have on is a sock. Nothing's hidden at that point. <laughs> yeah. For a guy, you're like, okay. <laughs> this is a, it's like at this point, like we're going out of our way to make it look like I have something to hide, but I have nothing. I'm a Kindle. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually be better off just just putting it out there. Let let the world decide. So that happened. So I don't know. So yeah. So then we cut to Castle Black, where Stannis is kind of around for no reason. That the, the the thing that bothers me, I do like that they reveal that Stannis's plan is to recruit the 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 wildlings to fight for right. him. But Stannis is so 
he's another one of those. He's like Daenerys that way. He's like he's clueless in in a different way, but to the same kind of degree. It's like you don't understand that if you threaten to kill Mance, you will not be able to secure the loyalty of the wildlings. And that's the thing too. That's what it's kind of. I mean, I don't want to talk about Daredevil again, but if you if you take a character like Kingpin, and that it's like they have so many characters in the show that they can you know play fast and loose with some of them, but after a while that same note from Stannis and Daenerys becomes so boring and they don't have any depth like somebody like Kingpin that's why I mentioned that does you know you're like oh yeah. they have well, other perspectives on something but they're also he's just as stubborn on that show he's just as like no this is how I'm doing it but he also has all these doubts they never even they kind of do that with Daenerys but Stannis is like well you have to have so all boring. these layers like like the whole purpose of uh, of a daredevil in that show is like is introduce you to these characters and how similar they are and how different they are you know right. and we see these arcs of how they're both on this certain path so you get to know them a lot but it's sometimes in game of thrones they're developing characters by things just randomly happening to them and they do right. feel like there's sort of one note because it's like stannis you have failed to grow from any of the things that you've seen and Daenerys is getting that way too. It's like you're just reacting to things, but we don't see any evidence that you're evolving. Well, yeah, and and, and on that in that Stannis storyline, the only characters that are, I mean, outside of Jon Snow, but the only characters interesting are Davos and Melisandre. Yeah, Davos is cool, and he is layered, and he has these kind of he's still loyal, so that's an interesting thing. And maybe and Melisandre is just weird because you just don't know what's. Yeah, you know, she's exactly. She's interesting because she's yeah. weird, but Davos is the only one who's an actual character. Yeah, and he has different layers, and he's like, "Why are you still with this guy?" Maybe that's the point, but and you he get just gets and you get the back and forth for Davos too. You get I get where where you're coming from on this, but right. Stannis is like the degree to which you're not getting it is is starting to become annoying. Yeah, it's starting to become a problem. Sam. and we know nobody's trying to say you were the good guy, but as a tactician, you should see. But it's pride with Stannis. It's like. You're basically going to burn Mance because he won't bend the knee, and that's the first thing he told you he wouldn't do. And right. all, you know that's what all the wildlings think, but you still think that if you do this sort that's of so public yeah. execution that they're going to change their mind, that they're going to, oh, no, he's bigger. It's like they're already all ready to die. Yeah, he thinks he can just fear them into it, and it's like, no, they don't care. They'll just go back up north. Like, or to like some Mance degree, had, it's kind well, of petulant. Had to, it's like— yeah, man. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, Mance had to convince them to get together to come south. He's like, no, we cannot survive this. We have to come south and like kind of get all together and aggregate and you know take over the wall and do something. But without him, they're like, oh, I don't care. It's like, whatever, I'll just go back and die. I mean, yeah, we do. We our life care. is we, crap anyway. <laughs> it's we like, didn't whatever. think this would work in the first place. But and in, in a weird way, like Mance has the same problem with sort of his pride because you know if you guys had just come down instead of trying to just take over, <laughs> if right. if you had sort of made your case, but you're too proud, and Stannis has the same problem. It's like you will burn him out of spite for not kneeling to you, even though you know that works against your interest, and talk yourself into thinking, you know, oh well, this is. They'll see how powerful it is. Like, anybody, fire doesn't make you powerful. Anybody can set something on fire. And I think that's why maybe, like, maybe it's the fatigue. And I like the first episode. Now I feel like I'm not liking it. And as we talk about this, <laughs> I'm just starting to. That's why I love this show because you start realizing something overall. 
Because I, I think what happened is you have Tyrion, who's a, and varies your tacticians, and you have Littlefinger, who's a tactician in a lot of ways, but they're all kind of underground right now. And what you had with Tywin, it's fun to see somebody who knows what he's doing. You know, he's like, okay, well, I mean, into the end, he didn't predict all what was. Yeah, happen, well, but. pride was his downfall too. But over <laughs> right. for the most part, he he was a good strategist. But it feels just so kind of annoying then, because now we're back bouncing between Daenerys and then. Um, but Stannis, but then also the Night's Watch guy, the head guy, is back in charge, and his other guys back in charge with him. You're like, oh my god, these guys are so and, ineffective managers, guys. And they also <laughs> seem like they've reverted back to being kind of dipshitty. Right. It's like you had this moment where you looked like you were becoming more interested guys because you see, like, he's a good fighter. Like Alistair is a is, is a good leader on in on the battlefield. I mean, he's he's a, a brave fighter. So that's something. But that battle had nothing that had no effect on either of them. Well, now everybody sees went and cowered and were away, and that yeah, like we them. saw something of both of them, and now everything just seems to be restored to the way it was. So yeah. that's frustrating. But maybe that's just the like okay, that maybe it's just selectively that one scene and these one two scenes are that way. But I, I mean, if something if those people, everybody's in just on Jon Snow's side after that this episode, <laughs> you know, because both the you know the Night's Watch and the he has the Wildling army, he has an army now because he did that. You know. Well, and that and that's he's John by himself isn't particularly interesting, but his arc is. So you're still waiting. Right. Like John is interesting in that we kind of root for him because nobody has much of a moral center in the show, but he's and not he does, very interesting yeah. either because he just kind of stands around frowning a lot. Well, because it feels like he's always just on the input mode. He's always just receiving. He's still. I don't know if he's so younger. Yeah. He's not even making a lot of decisions. He's just receiving all this experience, and you're waiting for it to We're waiting for actualize. John to actually become who he's supposed to be. Yeah, that's why right. it makes it fun if he does have that sort of destiny like everyone's guessing. Like, that's this whole thing is the origin story of him to see him sort of accept that. But the problem that they have with this show and with the books, and maybe this is why the fourth book was not very well received, is you guys, you killed off your most interesting characters. Yeah, like, Tywin's lost. I mean, I don't – that was kind of thing, but Tywin's one of the ones who's like, oh, okay. He's awesome, though. I really do like Tywin. I yeah. Like I, you know. I was glad to see him die because he's so horrible, but it's like, you know – I'd rather lose – I, I, And I, you know, I'm an apologist for Jamie, but <laughs> honestly, if Jamie or Cersei died, that'd be way more interesting to see how Tywin deals with that, and then now he was going after Tyrion, right? Like, it's it'd be more fun to see Tywin in a corner. Well, yeah, because, because he's such a formidable villain, it would be like you're like, oh god. Because now you feel like King's Landing is up for grabs. This is the yeah, time to bring your dragons in because none of these bozos know what they're doing. Yeah, because Cersei's just ranting, and Jamie, he's the most uninteresting character now. He's like, huh, huh. He's just standing around all the time, he's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh? He's like the abused. Even husband. I, I watched, I watched like the couple, the last couple episodes of last season, and even in those. He kind of talks to Tyrion, but even when he talks to Tyrion and says, I'll make a deal when he talks to Tywin, that's kind of interesting. But even he goes and, like, frees Tyrion and says goodbye to him, he's just like, huh? All right, man. I'll see you. It's like, this is goodbye. He's like, oh, yeah, it is goodbye. All right, cool. He's just like, like, what is your deal? You were so interesting before, but now you're I was like, okay. The problem <laughs> is just, he was more interesting before because he was just so cocksure. And right. now that he's developed half a conscience, he's it's awful because he has no confidence in anything. He's like he's like most of Walking Dead Rick now. <laughs> yeah. You're just like I don't know what I want to do. Except like, he I doesn't. feel bad, but I have this really animal instinct, but I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna save all these people by killing every last one of them. 
I guess at least Rick has, a, has developed a nice psychopathy to, to make yeah. him interesting. Like, what is wrong with you, Rick? What is your problem? That's, I mean, that's Daredevil's thing. If you have a rage problem, you're intrinsically interesting, I think. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Serious. Walking <laughs> Dead is challenging that as an idea, though, because it's like not always Walking apparently. Dead's going too far in the other direction. Because, yeah, now it's just we just feel like we're watching a bunch of people with behavioral problems try to solve <laughs> normal issues. Just like, I'm by rage! At some point, just like, just kill them all and let's start over because this is like, everybody's yeah. ruined now. Let's just watch the spinoff. <laughs> yeah. That's all that's Fear left. Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead. Just because it looks like they're starting from day one. It's like, okay, good. So maybe we'll see what how this works. Yeah, that'll be cool because they also said it's like a more of a governmental aspect of it or something. Like you see some of the logistics of what went into it or just the reaction. Greg will like that. Wasn't he the one who was saying he thought that would be an interesting take on it? Yeah, so maybe he won't. We'll see. That one. Brian and Podrick were in this episode for basically no reason at all. Just, she's just like in a bad mood. I don't want to like you. It's like, <clears throat> well, I don't know here's, what else to do. Here's what I don't understand. I didn't notice until I watched it the second time. Okay, so they, they at the end of the last episode of the last season, they met the Hound and Arya, right? And they said, we're heading toward the, you know, the Bloody Gate. Were they going to the Bloody Gate for in, to find Arya specifically? Or were they just going there to see if Sansa was there too? I don't know, because she, I, cause she just kind of gave up. That's what I'm saying, well, though, because she said there's 10 miles. She went there, like, but then I guess I, I thought this was dumb, but Arya goes there and says, I just came back from there and there's nobody there. And Brienne's right. like, oh, well, you know, we came a thousand miles and it's 10 miles left. Whatever. I because guess what happens is, well, well, the way they make it seem in the last episode, um, episode 10, is that they fight and then you're 10 miles away. But then they immediately cut to Sansa and Littlefinger going, we're leaving now. We're going to go tour because you feel like they're leaving. Well, you see that in this episode, you see like they're but you see it, yeah. Coach passes by, like just sort of just like yeah, Brienne's useless. But what I'm saying is that but there's like a couple like a week at least has passed, so they have just been sitting around for a week and Uh haven't gone ten miles to just go check if somebody's there. Well, that's that's bad movie geography. Like we've said that before, where. More time has passed for the characters than than should leave them in this predicament. <laughs> like they should have had this conversation already. Yeah, because you have a timeline of this. If Tywin's kind of like they have a f- state funeral for him, that's at least a week later, right? I mean, so you have at least a few days. They could have made they could have made ten miles in that afternoon. Yeah, if they, if they kept maybe going. they did, and the landscape just looks the same. But it looks for all the world like they haven't done anything. Like, if they had ended last season with him, that coach, that same shot of the coach passing them by, that would have been like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, that would have actually <laughs> you know? made it better. Now it just feels like you kind of wasted time. You're just showing them to make so we know they're still in the show. She's just, like, cleaning or, like, sharpening her sword for, three, like, a week. <laughs> sitting there. <clears throat> with a rock. Hey, lady, that's, that's, a, that's an expensive sword. That's, yeah, Valerian steel. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, don't be rubbing a There's, rock on that. It's like five of those swords get a that's what's ridiculous about that like, sword spend like, some money if in that world valerian steel is so rare and it's probably like in museums or collections that sword's like a 10 million dollar sword that she is carrying around if you yeah. think about it it's like oh thank you for that 10 million dollar sword yeah now i'm just gonna go off and immediately get disgruntled 
from the one thing Dang. you asked me to do. And, San- and, she's, that, like, yeah, and she's like sad. She's like, she didn't want me to help. It's like, she's a 10-year-old. She shouldn't be making these decisions. Right. Why don't we go after her anyway? It's a thought. Watching that part again, I mean, Arya's story is going to get pretty, oh, hopefully it gets pretty cool. I mean, we're hoping she goes to the faceless men and trains or something. Yeah, that would be but cool. But that one. That one scene with them, and I don't know if that happens in the book. You might, you could tell me. Where does does Brian ever come into contact with Arya, or is that all just for the show? Um, I don't think so. I'm trying to think because Brian. I think it's a goes show a completely thing. different way, and I don't remember how Brian ends up. But that but whole I'm, bit was just cooked up. But that scene, so like, kind of touching and heartbreaking because you're like, oh, she would be just the perfect person for. Her. You know what I mean? It like, was fun. She's so honorable, but, and she's like, it would be the perfect role model because instantly, within ten seconds, they have a connection. You know, Arya approaches her suspiciously, but then they start bonding until the hound starts taking, <laughs> stops taking a crap, <laughs> and walks around the corner. That's why he's so cranky. If anybody interrupted you taking a crap, he'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, like I can't even. <laughs> it's like we've been, again. It's like we've been going for like a hundred miles, and the second that I stop taking dumb, <laughs> that's what. That's what I, I. I totally feel that. That's like with Alex, my daughter. She she does that. Or like I go in the bathroom. It's like, Daddy, I have to pee. I was like, Alex, you use the bathroom all day, and I'm just sitting down. It's like, uh, <laughs> you can crap later, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> People are coming. Uh, yeah, little, yeah. We didn't talk about the little finger and Sansa because there's they dedicate two scenes of them, which nothing's happening except to for, just um, show Robin that they get along. Getting Robin getting bounced around like a little bitch. <laughs> just there, like, yeah, he's not gonna last much longer. Because we felt like last season they're like, let's take Robin out, and then. That's what they said. I thought he needs to tour, and I thought they were just going to get him he killed. Kept but suggesting they, that, but I they guess they left without him. They found a, a way to ditch him where they didn't have to kill him. Because, like he's saying, he has a strong name. We need to keep him around for that because we can tell people that he's the heir of this name. They don't have to see him and realize that he's nothing. We just throw that name around, right? And because that, yeah, it's like that fortress is impenetrable, so. And yeah, so now, it doesn't matter. Now, you don't have to be able to lead an army out of there. We're never leaving here. Right. And now Littlefinger has a place to go back to if he has to. Because he's like, okay, he has the one refuge. He can go to King's Landing, too, because they still, right, he didn't betray them in any way. Not in any way they know about. So where do you think they're going, then? I don't know. Because he, he, he said anywhere where she can't get your hands on you mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, it's sort of a suggestion. I don't know. Because if they're not going to Winterfell... Yeah, they're going to Pentos. It's like, wow, all <coughs> oh, the show's going to shift across the, the show, ocean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the fifth season we're doing a location. We could only get Morocco for this season, so. <laughs> really? We're going to try to, yeah, we're going to try to scale it back. It's all just warm weather climate things. But it was a, it was a good episode. Uh, did we miss anything? Did we miss any points of it? Uh, not that I can see, uh, at least as far as all the plot points of of what happened scene for scene. I mean, it really was just catching back up. I mean, the Tyrion and Varys thing, it's cool because it sets up their chess pieces. So next time there you see them, they're going to be on their way to Marine. So that's cool. And the Jon Snow, that is an interesting thing. Well, so that's the, cap, the reaction yeah, to that. We didn't, we didn't give enough time to that probably. Is like well, we'll because, talk about that then. Because, you know, the fact that, that he killed Mance to spare him, you know, 
dying, screaming in front of his men, like to give him that dignity of a quick death. Like you think, well, oh shit, he did, they just started some stuff between him and Stannis. But technically, right. John is doing what what the Night Watch what what they're able to do. They serve no king. Stannis has right. no business being there. That's like, true because I thought that at the point is like he could get in trouble, but he's like, who cares? You can't do yeah, anything. You're to not me. my king. You don't rule because what that's what Stannis wants is to like, well, let's take over Castle Black and these other guys. You can't have these castles. This is right. not this is not something for your use. We don't we don't serve any particular king of the land. We serve the land. My question: Does he still need people? He has all those Bravos guys. Does he need more people to take Winterfell? And didn't he just did he just blaze in and just ride over mean. the wildlings? It's like, how many people do you need to take over Ruse Bolton's people? Because it's just enough to have Winterfell. I mean, they they took it over with nobody, you know. So it's and like, all right, they took everything over through treachery. It's not like they took it with a big army, right? So it's like, and the Ironborn took it over with like eight guys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all like, right, come on, it's Stannis. A, we've seen that castle. It's not a big place. Yeah, it's pretty small. <laughs> You need a man up. We saw at least hundreds of people in your army. That's sort of the problem. I mean, Stannis will lead his army into battle. That's something. He's, but but you do get the sense that that he's not connected to what's going on. Right. Just you never do, and it gets really weird when you start thinking about what's going to happen because it's like, are we going to get a? I mean, I don't know. Who knows? What is that thing? Yeah, and that's the other thing about this episode too. They had. Um, <laughs> Melisandre and Jon Snow, their awkward elevator ride. <laughs> Are you a virgin? <laughs> He's like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't see that you any of your business. Because yeah, I was like, I thought she wanted virgins. It wasn't Gendry a virgin, and that's the whole point that it was like. Well, the, the question is, is she going to see something in John? But I guess she had sex with him for a moment. If she, so it's like, if she does see something in John, is is she going to see in him? You know, somebody that's probably a bit more of a, a stronger oh, yeah. leader to be with her, or is she going to see someone that just has good blood for training? Absolutely, because I mean, he, I mean, because honestly, Robert Stannis doesn't have kingly blood. That's the thing. But Robert, I mean, but John, if you know, he is Ray, if, was it Rhaegar's son yeah, or whatever. If he so is it's like, from the Targaryen line, yeah, he's from an ancient or and like, from line. the Stark line. He's a Stark and a Targaryen. That's like the ancientest of lines in the world. So it's like. They, and the Starks have always been in the North, right, for the same amount of time. So that could be huge. Yeah, so I would John think— Jon Snow is huge. Right? <laughs> yeah. if, if we're at all right about his, his lineage. Well, I mean, if you write about Stark, there's still something going on there. But, but especially if he really does have Targaryen blood, then— Because Baratheon was just another house, right? It was wasn't just propped any... up. That's what was so dumb about them, like, you know— you know, we, we the line of succession. It's like the line of this is going to be number two in that line of succession. That's right, how that's how much history there is in that kingship that we created. Yeah, the oldest lines in that whole world are the Targaryens and the Starks, and, and that's what even Jamie said is like you could have just sat on the throne and you'd be like, Robert only got it because Ned is too humble to take it. He's like, no, I don't want it. Well, and he didn't want to live in King's Land. He didn't want right. To, I just want to go to, home. That's but what, he, that if, was how he got screwed because it got pulled into King's Landing anyhow. But if he had taken that, he, nobody would have questioned it. Like he would have had a much more successful reign, I think. You know, because he's like, yeah, you you deserve this because you next to the Targaryens, you are next in line as far as actual family name in this yeah. world. And he would have been fighting the Lannisters that much sooner because they would he would have made that kind of he would have deal. just you know 
dumbed it up, I guess. <laughs> and you can't survive in King's Landing without being a <laughs> yeah misanthrope. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what Stannis's reaction is to that, and and what the consequences can be. Because technically speaking, like I said, Stannis just rolled in with an army. So there's this. It's it's sort of like the, the, the it's always funny in Philadelphia. It's like the implication. Yeah, he's like, if you're stuck in a boat with the girls, <laughs> it's like, like they kind of have to give it to you. He's like, why? What it's are like, you talking about? We're not going to hurt these girls, are we? No, are they going to force gonna... you to have sex with them? It's like, no, but it's just the you're implication. Ma- you're making it sound kind of dark. It's just, yeah, it's like, I'm just saying, really dark. <laughs> we're not, like, no, it's not dark. We're not going to do anything to them, but the thought that we might will inform their decision. <laughs> He's like, that character is the most beautifully horrible psychopathic character I've ever seen in a TV show. I love those guys. But that's sort of what Stannis is. It's like, we've marched in with our army and said, we're just going to hang out here, you know, just bros. Yeah, he's like like that. He's like, I really should have popped my shirt off. I really think I should have popped that shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) And then you started burning people in the middle of Castle Black. That's, That's overstepping. I think Stannis is boring just because he's boring, too. Like, if he was one no to be different, if he was flamboyant or whatever, but he's just kind of just – he's he's that yeah. stubborn, but he's not interesting at all. That's true to he's his like, character because that's the reason he couldn't be king. He's such he's just a puritanical bore. I, I've heard in the books he's way more of like a badass, and that's why he's kind of satisfying. But I had to, I didn't read in the, chap, the books yeah, like you did. Not he, so far. Does he come off differently or not, is it the same? Not so far. Maybe there's more fighting coming. Maybe along, maybe he does something later on that's like awesome or something. Maybe because Stannis, in the scheme of things, is not a bad guy, but he's not a good guy either. I don't know. I mean, Jon Snow. We just want him to just kill all those guys and move on. It's like get out of the north, dude. Well, he's that, that's move. that's he's the, the move. sort of thing. Like Daenerys <laughs> and John, and especially if we're right, and they are sort of the anchor points that the show is built around. The show can't move forward until they actually move and do things now. Because right. if the show, if the culmination of this story is getting those two into the events that are happening, then then really nothing nothing moves forward until they get involved. And maybe they're banking on the fact that I mean. It could turn out to be just an amazing season because I mean, what we we both agree the four protagonists of the show are John, Daenerys, Arya, and Tyrion. Those are the four protagonists, I would think. Mm-hmm. And so Arya, we're all excited for this. I want to see what happens with her and Tyrion and Daenerys. That could just become the most interesting plot line in the world, just them interacting with Varys there because Varys, <laughs> all of them betrayed them, you know. Because I mean. Just being a you know, just being a Lannister, they're just gonna like try to chop his head off on sight. But Varys, I mean, they have to know that he's the one that orchestrated. He was the one pushing to kill her. Remember? Yeah. That's trying to push Ned to kill her immediately. <laughs> so. Well, because back that, in those days, she was the threat. Now that things have shifted, she's the best bet. Because now, because that's what it's interesting. It's like now, I think that she is probably the best hope for restoring order to the land. And that, and I guess that kind of makes sense realistically wise too, because at that point she's this young teenage girl that's just got pregnant and whatever. Well, and, and just need to Robert take care Baratheon was in power, defend, well, stabilizing right. that regime was the most important thing. And when it destabilizes, like, well, we got to find something now. But then also, once she did what she did, which is liberate all these slave cities, you're like, oh, 
you have compassion. There is something there. She has yeah. power. Once she well, gains and she dragons, has dragons. She yeah. didn't have dragons back then, so it's just like it was. There was just destroying that line, so that there was no question as to who should be followed. What's but, her um? God, what's the? I'm, I, this is gonna be an episode where we catch up on names. What's her um? The second son's guy, her lover. What's Dario, it, uh, it, Dario, Dario, Dario. I like his little <laughs> his that that scene was a little weird to me because. It, it shifted midway to, to like get to a plot point. If you watch that scene again, because she's talking about he's talking about the fighting pits and how he basically is Maximus from Gladiator. That's mm-hmm. his storyline. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I was a poor, you know, yeah, and then I ruined my way up and I joined the whatever. But and then he's like, and then she's like, should I open them or whatever? And then he goes, you need to be strong. He's like, what are you talking about? Her her t- deciding to open them would not be a thing of strength. She just went back and yeah, she'd she just said. be acquiescing to you. And I was watching this thing. So, like, what is he talking about? And then he starts talking about like basically they're implying that he's talking about the dragons. Like, what? I was like, well, did we just abandon that thread of that conversation about talking about the yeah. fighting pits? I feel we like just went on to dragons. I feel like you're bending the narrative. <laughs> That's what it bit. felt like to me. I was like, oh, okay. To a certain point. And she walked totally into that dragon dungeon, whatever that like, was. Come on, like, yeah. Like she unafraid, totally unafraid, and she walked out of it with the proper terrified, the proper yeah. amount of fear that she should have gone into that. Because <laughs> like you know they're gonna be pissed. Yeah, like, if you like, weren't immune to fire, happen? you'd be dead. That's what they should have done. Maybe they didn't want to spend their effects budget because you feel like oh they didn't burn her, but it's like they should have shown her just getting burned and not getting burned. You're like yeah. Well, the fire. Cool. <laughs> Pretty much came out. I mean, it looked to me like it, like she would have burned up from where she was standing. But you know, and you you kind of hope at some point that that the rogue dragon is just going to come in because if you just keep dragons in the basement and that's it from now on, then this rogue dragon is going to have to come into play because so far the existence of dragons is becoming sort of commonplace and not and uninteresting. Well, what's so cool about this season, though, is that all the promotional, the main promotional image of this season is Tyrion looking up at Drogon. Well, that's what you so, hope happens, but, you know, they I don't had know those images means, though, of a dragon's shadow over King's Landing or whatever, and that amounted to nothing last season. You I, know? I guess that's true, but, I mean, I guess it just symbolized that he's going there, but they're, they're really hitting that Drogon line pretty hard. Something's going to happen with that, whether, I mean, Tyrion could get with Daenerys, and that's fine, but... They, they're not just going to... I don't think... I'd be really disappointed at the end of this season and Drogon's still just off in the wind. Just like, all right, he's still gone, I guess. I don't... Yeah. He burns some more goats. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. Killing people's daughters or whatnot. And so, and the, what we what didn't we get to see this episode? We didn't see Arya. We didn't see... Bran is the big one, right? Yeah, Bran and Arya were so strongly positioned and we don't know... Uh, it looks like Arya is going to come into play next week, so it won't take. I feel too like they're going to hold out Bran until later on because they put him so far forward. They got like we said, he's at the end of the books. His storyline is where the books stop. So and that's that's way too weird. It's like we're going to have to catch everybody up when you're dealing with like the woodland elf man or whatever the hell is happening in the tree. Like we've yeah. sort of we've overshot the rest of the story at this point in in every respect. Not only are we too far into the story, but we're too far into the weird. Like the other people don't don't even believe dragons exist in this story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, you're with Father Time out there in the because <laughs> yeah. his he, his is like totally 
jumping the shark. Once they hit him, he has to be like throwing fireballs and yeah, you're like fighting demons and throwing exploding pine cones at each other. Like they're not gonna come back to him for like three more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what happened to Bran? He's like thirty years old. We can't, yeah, there's just nothing. Oh, <laughs> he's got a mustache. <laughs> But um, I yeah so I think I mean that could be an interesting storyline. John, you never know. That's a mixed bag because that that always could be interesting with Melisandre there. But the big things. This is the thing that I predict. And now we're wrapping it up. The big things are Tyrion's and Arya's. That's awesome. That's that's going to be interesting to watch. Arya especially, and they didn't do it with Cersei. Could be really boring. But the Cersei, the Dorn, because they're going to get to Dorn. We've already seen that in the previews and all his sisters or whatever, you know, the Vipers of Dorn. Yeah. That's going to be super the awesome. Oberyn's all-girl army of kung fu killers. Yeah, it's like now we just have three girl badasses gonna come, <laughs> are going to come in. Because what are they called? Cool. Like the Sand Snakes or something like that? All of his yeah, daughters who are just super killers. That's going to be awesome. That whole storyline is going to be really great. It should be because what would be fun to see is see Dorn move in and crush – king's landing basically and take over because that would be neat because there is no power in king's landing that's going to be able to hold it the blood's already in the water but if dorn came in they could just seize the iron throne that Absolutely. would be a fun thing and to the see. thing too is like it just from a character perspective where does cersei have to go if you were writing this what, what does cersei have to do now we've already seen her in all different stages of outrage and manipulation but her dad's not there anymore there are no more games there's like no the more power. She, they already the only thing, they don't have the wealth, and now you don't have the power to bank on the credit that that wealth once gave you. So yeah, you so the nothing. only thing she the only thing she has left to do is either die or be imprisoned or taken over. Really, to be interesting for that's her storyline to be interesting. You're like, oh, how cool, or her to have grow a heart and be, you know. Yeah, that's not happening. That's, I don't think so. She's probably gonna so, try to murder Marjorie before that happens. Yeah, Marjorie's still. Get her claws in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a younger, more beautiful queen. So yeah. I love all those those scenes of Joris, and he's just sitting there talking to Cersei. <laughs> they did that last season too, where he's saying this. He's trying, you know. <laughs> he's, he, but he's saying all this. My father wants. <laughs> she's like, okay. <laughs> she just walks away. <laughs> last season, she was like, I don't care, <laughs> and she walks away. Yeah, I don't understand these people. Nobody's that pretty. Yeah, I mean, with Tywin not there, that's that's interesting because they they can easily be taken over by anybody. Yeah, it'll Who's, crumble because, because you, e- you don't have anybody that knows what they're doing in King's Landing. I mean, either you're going to force mi- Jamie to be a military leader, you know, and try to effectively defend whatever's happening, and that's you know, he's the only one, right? I mean, who? <laughs> so yeah, as a general, but weird. it's not like he's going to crown himself. He's still the captain right. of the Kingsguard. You know, but so, so you assume that something is probably going to happen to Cersei's remaining children in this season, and obviously, you know, Marcella being a, a, a hostage of Dorne is a problem, and and uh, Tomlin and becoming king is definitely going to be a problem because because like like Oberyn said, like it's not their custom to threaten little children like who are in their care. But, but if they march on King's Landing and there's resistance, then whoever the king in King's Landing is is going to be fair game. I love that. If you watch the next time on Game of Thrones, they send like a Viper Graham. 
<laughs> it's like this weird snake telegram <laughs> thing. Did you see that? It's like, what is that? It's like, how is it's like, it's a threat. It's like, no shit, it's a threat. <laughs> yeah, they it's said like, it's a snake. It's like this weird it's like snake cobra. maquette or something. You're like, yeah, I think that's a threat. It's not yeah. a postcard. That's just like their family totem. <laughs> yeah. It's just laced with the deadliest poison that you put into. Yeah. It's a compliment. That's, you know, it's nice. Most oh, people just use an envelope. We still got to check back in with the mountain at some point. When zombie mountain, right? Yeah. It's it's and at some point, does anything happen with the White Walkers? I keep forgetting about them. Yeah, because there's like, we're just chilling out. It's like, you guys are about, like, because wherever house, you know, that um, Gilly and all that, they were that, that it was like, Probably not far from the wall, right? Where he killed the one, right? Yeah. So it's like, you guys, you, why are you sending one person in every time? You just go full force. And I guess it's not winter yet, though, right? It really actually isn't winter yet. Because when winter comes, that's I wonder if that's the thing in the books. I mean, maybe fourth and fifth season it even ha- hasn't happened yet. And maybe that's how the big climax, and that's what George R. R. Martin's waiting until the end. Well, they act like that, but you still have to be moving towards it being more of a threat incrementally. It's like... They're basically the same now as they ever were. It's like we discovered White Walkers in the very first scene of episode one, and they still haven't really done anything. This is the fifth season, right? So they're going to have eight, they said. So I wonder if they're going to start as it's just going to start getting colder and King's Landing. I guess I don't know. That's like they have to, like, I mean, they have to, because when I heard that in this episode about winter coming, it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's like there's no threat of that anymore. Cause like I, it's been a long time, man. It hasn't come yet. So yeah, you're saying you're standing on the happen. beach when you say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're walking. Melisandre's got a dress on. She's <laughs> she's not cold at all. You let her feel your fa- her face. Yeah. So there's, you got nothing. So I think it was good. I'm just waiting for. It's fun, but I, I am waiting one. for something. You know, not just like the big moment, but I don't care about those, but you want to see what's going to happen that's going to bring the story about. You well, know, we want to know what the arc is going to be for yeah. these characters in this season, and we've already spent one episode not knowing that. Yeah, and we always, I mean, they, but they did a good job of setting up the character. We know what Tyrion's character arc is going to be. I mean, whether what's going to happen, he's going to, like, it's about rega- regaining his faith and kind of joining That may be to Daenerys. me. The, the and, Tyrion and, and John may be the only ones who have an established story this year based on this episode. Well, Arya, too. I mean, not based on this episode, but we know Arya. Yeah, we know she is. But, but yeah, but everything else that happened in this episode didn't really give us any inkling as to the progression of the story. But, I mean, the Daenerys and Tyrion thing, it's like they both lost their religion, right? They're losing my religion. They both, in different ways. You know, Tyrion's is just, to, you know, to whatever absurdity and... and Daenerys is just a kind of complacency where she thinks she's like like the hot stuff of this thing, and so it's like I will rule. If if the journey of this season is them learning that they need each other, that's fascinating to me. That she needs this little half man and he needs this kind of waifish, you know, child queen. That that's yeah. cool. Well, that's a neat storyline because she could bring in he can bring her like to reality as right. to and she's just They're like Vary said. Vary said, you know. <laughs> You people aren't gonna follow you, but oh. but I think I know someone they will. So she's she's like a symbol. It's sort of like what Littlefinger is doing, Robin, but but she holds up under scrutiny a little bit better because she's not just what a name. It? But he was saying, yeah, Littlefinger said that about the name, but he looked at our uh, he looked at Sansa, like the Stark name is bigger. 
So this is what's cool. I, I'm making a prediction now for I don't know if this season, but just the arc of the show. This is you can document this. All uh-huh. right. So Daenerys and Tyrion are building this. Oh, we think they're going to build an alliance. So if they get on the same side and they're together, John is kind of gaining power, right? We think he's going to gain power. But remember John and Tyrion's relationship. So that becomes an interesting dynamic if they hold yeah, forces a against each other. There, yeah. And then Sansa, or whoever, if they go off to High Garden or wherever, you know, and build a force. Wouldn't it be interesting if those are the three kind of big players coming, like with armies or whatever, coming into season six or that that kind of thing? Those are the three threats. I mean, I guess Dorne too. That they're not as interesting because they don't have personal relationships to a lot of those people. But even Tyrion, Tyrion and Daenerys against Jon Snow—that's interesting because Tyrion loves Jon Snow. You know, I mean, he recognized his. Yeah, those guys. Those guys know each other and, and like each other. But at some point, you have to imagine because Daenerys. Like, like, Daenerys is not the the main threat. Like, she's an impending threat that's been building. We should start calling her Daria. Daria. <laughs> but, but the threat is is the White Walkers. So at some point, you know, they got to get this war sorted out because there's a bigger issue that they're all going to have to face in some way or another. Yeah. And and, and the question is whether this is going to have like a bad ending, you know, or it's going to be triumphant ending like hopeful it's got to be hopeful i mean this show has been so i don't think this is like a breaking bad ending right i think this this show's not like supposed to teach you serious lessons about human condition it's a fantasy show and we're gonna have a good ending i would think right i don't know (laughs) maybe it should be a it should be satisfying in some way but i don't know about happy well the bittersweet though maybe a lot of people die but it's like there's hope for that world or whatever i hope so because uh, that they do have these <laughs> themes you hope it does it's not all just nihilistic by the or end just, it's like it's like nothing matters. and that's the end of the third age of man and then actual humans came along mm-hmm. and, and thus ended the age <laughs> of shit and then you started have to say <laughs> you have to use their their language and then it became whales <laughs> whatever <laughs> I don't know. I think that could be cool. Like that, that would be a satisfying arc if they all kind of go against this kind of. I mean, there's always interpersonal things that could happen between that. But if John and Dar- uh, Daria, I'm gonna start calling her Daria. John and Daria are these big forces, and Tyrion are against each other, and maybe Sansa, because Sansa, we're very sympathetic for, right? We don't want her to die. Like we want her to. And I, I think she's going to start creeping in maybe to be a fifth protagonist. I think maybe. I'd Do like it. to see her become an interesting character because right. the fact that she's learned how to play Littlefinger shows that she's, she's got a little bit of a brain in her head for once. And she started becoming she, – yeah, she totally turned into an interesting character right at the end of last year. And then even this episode, she was just like, whatevs, her mm-hmm. attitude this whole time. So she's not the same songs anymore. She's different. She's growing up. Which is fun. Yeah, so I mean, maybe she becomes, and it would be satisfying. Maybe at the end of this, they they join together to defeat the White Walkers. I don't know. Yeah, well, that'll be fun to see. I mean, they have to do something, but it'll be fun to see what they end up doing. Okay. Well, that's so that's, that's episode good. one. Of, we didn't even say where we were supposed to say this was episode one of season five. So. Uh, we're going to say that on the show. We don't need to say it. We're, we're we'll read. put it in the post, yeah. Unless Matt Murdock is listening to this, and then he can't read it. But <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. When he's listening to his podcasts. <laughs> Do they have some kind of Braille podcatcher that he can <laughs> listen to? I assume they get one of those Braille keyboards or whatever that has the I guess he could listen to your computer. That's true. I'm sorry if that was offensive. To <laughs> sorry. <laughs> blind people that listen to our show. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
So yeah, so so we'll obviously we'll keep this up doing the covering Game of Thrones and then nine more. Well, yeah. It, well, it depends on what happens. Last year we had like this. Yeah, we ended up having like five episodes like about series. one. <laughs> <laughs> Things stretched out for a while. We fell off track because it's like we can't stop talking about that one episode. I say right now, honestly, Tyrion would have to die for that to happen. But Oprah was introduced later on in the in the season, well, and then he died in the season. I and can we were say devastated. with confidence that they're not going to get me like that again. Even if it's Tyrion at this point, you know, they've lost a certain a bit a in a bit of trust in the narrative of the show. Well, so, I think there's also there's still. I mean, every year there's big deaths, and I've heard rumors that there are other big deaths coming. Hopefully, there are none of the people that are interesting. Well, at, at this point, you just hope they don't kill Tyrion. I don't much care past that, you know? I kind of feel like they will never kill Tyrion. I feel like, I, I mean, beyond Daenerys, I think Tyrion's like the main point of view of the show. I mean, he's George R. R. Martin's favorite character. Well, and he is sort of a perspective character. He is sort of the one, you know, he's not the, an access character exactly, but the one that we identify with, the one that we want to follow on the show. We want, We care what happens with Tyrion. Right, because I mean, I mean him and like maybe second, close seconds, Arya, right? Because they both have very mm-hmm. sympathetic, and they're the underdogs. Because John and da- Daenerys, you can say, well, they're powerful. You know, they're really proficient, and they could they could do all right, <laughs> given you know thrown out into the wind, they could do all right. But Arya and her, you know, and Tyrion are, they're her, they're her buds. Arya, <laughs> <want> them to <laughs> Arya and John actually have reverse problems because Arya is is interesting but not particularly likable john is likable but he's not interesting yeah i mean I she does Arya's all this likeable. cool stuff i mean she's precocious though i it's like her it's fun to see what a little psycho she's becoming but you don't have a lot of faith in the moral compass of her character well she's likable just in the fact of context well yeah she's, she's likable the way she's little girl the yeah. hound was likable in right. that respect, but what I mean is, you get the sense that John is a good person, but well, he's but more not than fun that, I feel. But you, with her, you kn- there is the promise of a good person in there. She's still Ned's child, so we'd like to see like that. She, but this feels like yeah. she's she's <laughs> she's a blossoming supervillain, though. It feels like. Yeah, but she but that's because she was just a, like a kid left alone. Oh, like, I have gosh. these all these pretensions. Like, so hopefully she's gonna be the new you know, Jamie. You're gonna be making apologies for her too. No, Jesus. but hopefully yeah. she meets she meets. Well, she's not gonna rape anybody anytime soon, so I don't think. <laughs> but like, I, you but don't hopefully, know. She, she meets her Mr. Miyagi there. You know, that, that teaches her a little bit about. Yeah, that I'm can, I'm looking forward to that as a big part of this because then she becomes a force to be reckoned with. This season should be about building her. Yeah, up that's as a true. Force I, to be I left her about out of that equation as being a force in that world because and they could. We don't know what happens. They could skip five years in the future or something, and she could be older. You know, yeah. they already do that, and the kids are brands already five years older than they all are. So yeah, so you could do you could go either way with it. They're much older than they were in the books. But I mean that. What what I'm so excited about what they haven't shown in any of the trailers, the stuff with Tyrion and Daenerys they have not shown anything past the first couple of episodes, so they have to interact and they're not showing it and it's going to be really cool and they haven't shown anything with Arya, but if she's going to drop off in their doorstep unless they just go like all right you're in there and then we don't hear back from her for eight episodes you're like what yeah see you next season <laughs> it was oh, like man. no so son of a bitch. That could be really, really, really cool, I think. I mean, I feel like they, they're pretty smart with their trailers. They don't spoil big things. Because so, they know it doesn't much take much. Her. They know what to tease you with. They know what we're looking for. Yeah, if you show Arya with anybody, you're going to know it's like the faceless men, and you're going to know what's happening. So 
They haven't shown. I mean, even just in the next time, they showed more than they have shown with her. So that's that's the next episode. That's what I'm looking forward to, Arya. Cool. And and Vipergram. Yeah, and Vipergram. <laughs> I do enjoy. I think the the, the Dorn people are going to be fun this season. Yeah. Like it's like What's I hope it's a whole country the, full of Oberons. What's that actor's name that plays their dad? <clears throat> Uh, it's not Alexander Siddig, is it? Uh, or is he one of the is. brothers? Well, there's <clears> the that guy whole, from Star Trek. Alexander Siddig? How do you spell that? S i d d i g. Uh, no, I think he. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. He's the brother because he's the other prince. Because he's this prince that got sick, that got gout or whatever. Yeah. Couldn't come. Although they suggested that he was going to be like a big fat guy, he's not a big fat guy or. He's he's pretty fit, but there's also we didn't talk about. They're gonna get onto that whole thing of because what's her name, the cousin with, that slept with Cersei came back in this episode and he's all buff now. He's all <laughs> he's thick. <laughs> well, the one that, you know that killed Robert basically with the wine. What's his name? Yeah, I can't remember the who he is. What is I don't know. Is. Who cares? He's he's, he's, the br- just he's the Tywin's one. brother's kid or whatever. But I John think they're... Let's just call him Jondis. Yeah, Jondis. We have Daria and Jondis. <laughs> you, you guys are going like to start learning game. the names. This is the worst podcast <laughs> ever. Yeah, this sounds more like call... me when, when I first started doing this podcast. Like, who is the one with the thing? Like, read the book, Sean. Or at That's least watch the with. show and pay attention. It's like that Key and Peele sketch. <laughs> we're going to call like Brooks is asking, who's they talking about? It's like Dinkles. It's talking about Tyrion. So we'll call him Dinkles now. <laughs> That's the best. Taiwan <laughs> Lannister. Taiwan Dinkles and Daria. That's that's the Dinkles main storyline of this episode. But they, they what, real quick, they had that whole thing of the sparrows. or whatever, That's who they are or whatever. And that, that weird religious cult that's in King's Landing. That's the only thing that might be interesting in King's Landing. Because I think that's actually a bigger plot line in this season because i've seen that i saw that in the trailer there's that that other guy that actor that plays the head of the sparrows so i don't know what that is maybe they take over well you you think too with his cousin coming back that that because he's not interesting but you know if he comes back and the word gets out that that he and cersei had this sort of affair that'll sort of validate the the incest claims because one thing that could happen to tomlin that, that could tear that whole situation down now that people are looking for a reason to destabilize the the Lannisters would be for the people to decide that they are the children of incest this is not the proper heir to the throne there's abominations and they turn against the remaining Lannisters yeah I mean if you think about that once Cersei loses her power or gets killed or goes away Jamie's not going to step up for that family Tommen's not going to do that so I mean, people are just scared of Taiwan. Taiwan. So after that, he got killed. Like, you don't actually... There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. So... TV. Tyrone Lannister. We'll get to the rest of them later. (laughs) 
You're gonna listen to episode eight. Like, who are they talking about? What show are they watching? All right, that's good. All right, that's we yeah. That that's bag. enough for now, folks. <laughs> Glad that you could rejoin us for this. And we do. Uh, we still need to go back and do the la the older episodes. We're so slack. But we at did least two, three, two and three. We we, had, we did like the first three of episodes. <laughs> I think we did like stopped. the first four episodes and then stop. Like we we'll fill it out. It's gonna be such a disjointed show when we come back with full knowledge of ten years of the show. We're gonna do like episode. We'll be old six. men coming back to do the first. Three. <laughs> For the sake of, of completion. The All right, but but it should be fun. I know we're I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, I'm glad to get back into because even on this one, talking about it, I start realizing other stuff. I don't actually do that until we talk about it, so it's cool. Yeah, it does make me pay attention. Like by next week, we'll know the names better because we're still getting we're getting our, our legs back. I don't care if we know the names better. We're making up our own names. Yeah, well, we'll do I, that I too. We'll have our own codes, <laughs> like cousin Jondas, Prince Tyrone, Darian Dinkles. <laughs> 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 All right. You can also listen to other episodes of our of our sister show, TV Eight My Dinner, at TV Eight My Dinner dot com, where you can also listen to these episodes as well. And uh, so, we'll, uh, in, in TV Eight My Dinner, we'll be covering Daredevil at the very least coming up. We still want to do a Leonard Nimoy kind of retrospective. I don't want to take trivia. It's been been a while since, but but we haven't had a chance to talk about it. We'd like to go. Talk about Star Trek. It's a good opportunity. The star of the Hobbit, right? <laughs> yeah, <the> Gandalf. <laughs> Use the Force, Harry. Use the Force. <laughs> but, but yeah, so we'll probably do a more fitting tribute than that to him. <laughs> but that's why I told you guys to do it by yourself because. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the Hobbit, I have so no great guys. <laughs> I have nothing to offer. <laughs> So, so yeah, so we get that, and you can follow us on Facebook. You can uh, follow us on Twitter or whatever that business is. And and, and TV on the throne. And TV, yeah, TV on the throne. <laughs> TV on the throne. You you've been throned. Yeah. Throner. <laughs> All right. Good night. Night. All right. Dark and full of terror. Dark Crazy Dark